Testing mic one. Testing mic two. Or, uh, mic three. Yeah, uh, I think it's good to go. Uh, check mic four. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Dang, guys, I guess we're all here. Um, well, uh, I, I, I hate that we have to cut this short, but um, I recently got a, a message from the Super Friends, and they need us. Uh, Again? I think there's... A, Dude, I think there's a kaiju in Metropolis. I, oh I don't know, God. but okay. you guys know what we have to do the thing. We have to do the thing. Again. All right. Do we have to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah, yeah. we must. I, 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 I mean, I mean, Brad, go ahead. Come on, we we, we gotta go. Okay. All right. Um, Wonder Brew Dude Powers activate. Chuck, 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 Form chuck, chuck. of Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> Form of chicken fried rice. You know what, guys? I'm sending this one out. Form of a keg of beer. Oh, damn it, Brad. Not again. Hey, Chris, you can be chicken fried rice, too. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, please silence your cell phones and kindly shut up. For our feature presentation. Shut the fuck up! Gather round now, there's no time to lose. It's time for some movie reviews. Bring the drink that you choose, we've already had two. It's time for bruise and review. Guys, to Bruce in Reviews, the podcast that is already two beers in. Uh, I am your DD. My name is Avery, and we are already off the rails. Thirty seconds. <laughs> I, I am here alongside my co-host, gentlemen. Please introduce yourselves and tell the wonderful listeners about what you're sipping on this 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 lovely day. Uh, hey, I'm Buddy. Um, I'm not drinking anything right now. Um, house is a little dry. There's some uh, Baileys downstairs, so I may get some Baileys later on. Uh, but I just ate, so I am watching what I'm eating because of uh, the holidays. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Excited. Uh, sober for now. And we'll see how that goes. Chris? Oh, I thought you were going to go. I <laughs> no, trying to you... be nice for once. Uh, mm. I, I appreciate it for once. Yeah, not doing that again. <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm Chris, your redneck and your nausea, stud Jackson, Squatch Daddy, whatever you want to call me. Hell, if you want to give me a nickname, put it in the comments below. Come on. Hey, we'll <laughs> have that as a as a tier on our Patreon to mm. vote on it or give Chris a nickname. We'll mm-hmm. we'll figure it out later. Uh, and in case anyone gives a crap about what I'm drinking, I'm drinking this wonderful blonde ale from Middleton Brewing called the Easy Rider. It's tasty Ooh. and it's local and uh, it's beer. Come on, nice name. I, I'd be down for that. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, a good, you know, a blonde is always a good choice. Um, I'm yeah, there's so one, many so jokes. I would know. There's so many jokes. Should <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so- that right now? I mean, if you want. <laughs> so until after got, they're married. 
Guys, uh, I'm Brad. Um, I am your designated drunk for the evening, and throughout every podcast, you will hear this noise. That noise indicates that I've opened another beer and am one step closer to living in a fantasy world. Um, (laughs) Currently, uh, today, I'm going to be drinking Russian River Brewing Company Mind Circus IPA. And, you know, it's pretty good. I got some side beers, and I think this will be the last one where I actually announce my side beer. So today, my side beer is Big Daddy IPA by uh, Speakeasy Brewing. What was the name of the first beer? Sorry. Uh, Mind Circus. Nice. They sound like Shut stage up. names for like strippers. Easy Rider. They really Mind do. Circus. <laughs> Big Daddy. Well, wait, wait, wait. Well, but, but, but the side one's Big Daddy, so... I said strippers, and that's non-denominational, okay? That is gender fluid. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it is gender fluid. I was like, that's non-gendered, so I, I, I get you there. I get you there. It's non-binary. That's also, have I, like, if I have make I a cheeseburger... Name? If I make a cheeseburger... It's yeah. going to be called the Big Daddy. Big Daddy. I want a cheeseburger called well, Nine Circus. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in Kick-Ass, I mean, there was Big Daddy and Hit Girl, so... Oh, yeah, there was. I mean... Nicholas Cage. Oh, man. Yeah, Nicholas... Wait, real quick. If there was a cheeseburger called Mind Circus, does that have special mushrooms on it instead oh, of yeah. sauteed mushrooms? No, that's, it's uh, got to mess you up. <laughs> That, that's when I ate that uh, four. It's kind of like when I ate that four horsemen burger, and uh, you know, just things weren't right afterwards for oh my God. many years. <laughs> he woke up in Let, 2020 and was pissed. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to give you guys a uh, general idea, um, that night Chris put his toilet paper in the freezer. So uh, <laughs> you do with that as you will. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you again for joining us for this episode of Brews and Reviews. Uh, normally, this would be part of the episode where we cut to our sponsors, give them some love, and, you know, do a bit of, unfortunately, shameless plugging for our sponsors. But since we're a new po- podcast, we do not have any named sponsors. However, we do have some that we wish would sponsor us. And Chris, who are those lovely people this week? I'm not. I'm not afraid to shamelessly plug things, Avery, and I'm Ew. so glad you asked. Uh, you know our first sponsors are the wonderful people that make folding chairs. Whatever brand you desire, because uh, my computer chair broke and I'm sitting on a folding chair. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I was oh. expecting a wrestling reference right there. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you'll get one later, what's the worry. What's the desired brand of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I wonder? Uh, that'd be a uh, Broken Skull IPA from El Segundo Brewing in California. <laughs> I have a four pack that I haven't touched in a while that I probably need to start drinking again because it's delicious beer. But I need beer, beer in the refrigerator. Conundrum. Huh. Anyways, our second sponsor. Uh, that would be uh, chocolate chip cookies because that's what I'm staring mm. at right now. All right. And oh 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 I- and. And get yeah, third one. Mr. Oh, we get Roboto. a bonus one? Mr. Roboto. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so real okay. quick, um, guys, I was I was really curious. Um I I got an email from our uh you know our intern, Oliver. Mm. Oh, he has a computer? Who gave him that money? I, yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. It's but probably the burner I phone he has the in email prison. And it was an encrypted file. Mm. Oh, and so so 
I had to send it off. And as soon as I sent it off to my, my hacker friend to figure out the encrypted file, I got a call from the CIA. What? what? So I, I haven't I have yet to receive the file because apparently they're holding it for evidence and mm. I might be in trouble for having contact with this person. Oh, he was just and an intern. I, I, he was never officially paid by us, so that's good. That's what I'm asking. You okay, on computer money. Who Ooh. did y'all hire? So, so first we found out that he kills men in red suits around Christmas time. I mean, your name is on the paperwork, Avery. So, and but, uh, if anyone I didn't wants to hear it. that story, if we, anyone wants we to hear that story, it. please, uh, please go to our Patreon. Our Patreon. Ah, just. So does uh, anyone well, have an idea about encrypted files and why the CIA is telling me that we may be in trouble for having contact with this person, quote-unquote? Uh, there ain't no we in that, that story, Playboy. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> that, not sure what happened. You. Uh, some oh, for the, the Matrix Where's stuff the, I need some of that, that, that good water, man. Where's that good water? <laughs> oh, man, Deer Park, some Dasani. That'd be great right now. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. Drown the by the way, guys. <laughs> that water. By the way, guys, in case you didn't get the joke, it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, for the CIA agent in my phone, it's a joke. <laughs> uh, what? By but real talk, what is Deer Park? I've never heard of that. Is that a oh, water it's, brand? It's a, it's a water brand. Oh. They're popular I've, in Virginia. Okay, I was like, I've, I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, they're out there. It's in popular in Virginia. That's and why. Bayous and. Is it, I, I, I wonder if it's just. I wonder if it's like a, a primary. Political content detected. Political content destroyed. Speaking uh, of PC, it, it makes the uh, same sound. Uh, it's too much lead in the water, mm. so probably the same siren. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of uh, well, DC, I, uh, we got this wonderful movie by DC Comics that's set in Washington DC. Oh man, look at this transition I created. That oh, was a beautiful man. segue. Well, 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 thank thank you for that that beautiful transition, Chris. Oh and God. Chris is correct. This week, the Brew Dudes are covering. The recently released Wonder Woman 1984. But before we get into the review of the film, this is your spoiler warning. From this point forward, anything that we say can and will be a complete and total spoiler about this film. Thus, if you have not had the time or the drive or the ability to watch Wonder Woman 1984, please pause this podcast. Go and watch it. We'll wait. This is why I'm actually not going to like be mad that someone hasn't watched it yet yeah yeah it's you know we we, we don't blame you if you haven't watched it it's kind of exclusive at this point thus however if you're back and you're listening you have been warned and thus if things are spoiled it's your own damn fault right mm-hmm. like, why would you even click on it like what did you think we were going to be talking about like I, I don't understand that you know i do uh, i do <clears throat> my roommate was watching was watching Punjabi music videos and in the comments he got spoiled for Endgame. Someone just literally, that was the top comment down there was, I'm just here to spoil Endgame. Blank blank dies at the end. He's like, <laughs> Punjabi music videos that he had to like rig his computer in order to watch across continents. <laughs> just, okay. Uh, yeah. okay. So wait, oh, why right does he have oh, to Lord. rig his computer to watch that? Is there I don't know. We're not, is there something we're not getting over here that's well, I, well, I think it's well because some well because some YouTube videos aren't available in certain regions. Yeah, they're region locked. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so he was trying I to watch stuff there from like, like uh, 
you know, adult content in these music videos just randomly. You yeah, should, uh, no, no, no. The listener should be getting a guesstimate <laughs> on this movie based on us not talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, Wonder Woman 1984 is about Diana Prince, who you may now know, you know as the Wonder Woman herself, who lives quietly among mortals in the vibrant, sleek 1980s, an era of excess driven by the pursuit of having it all. Though she comes into her full power, she maintains a low profile by curating ancient artifacts and only performing heroic acts incognito. But soon, Dinah will have to muster all of her strength, wisdom, and courage as she finds herself squaring off against Blank and the Blank, a villainess who possesses supreme strength and agility. And I don't say who they are because we're going to talk more about that, but screw it. Maxwell Lord and Cheetah. There yeah, you go, comic book fans. There you go. So, I... I need to point something out before we actually begin. Her disguise of fighting incognito is basically like Clark Kent taking off his glasses. How yeah. do they not recognize her? It's movie like, physics. Uh, it, I, it, that's the thing that I don't understand. Like Clark Kent, I, I get it. There's there is some. I've watched a video on like supposedly how he does it. It's like the change in posture. It's the change in his demeanor. It's the glasses. He wears his hair different. And like suppose like Clark Kent doesn't look like the imposing. You know, stature and I guess symbolic idea of what a man looks like, or at least an American man looked like in 1940s when he was created. However, Diana Prince is gorgeous. Mm. (laughs) You will not forget her. You will not forget her. (laughs) I mean, like, there are other people in the DC universe that, like, do a great job, like Rorschach, Batman. Mm. Yeah. The question. Mm-hmm. Mask. Yeah, I mean they all have like, freaking masks, and then like years. Wonder Woman, like, oh, it's just me and like this uh, thing. She puts on um, yeah a pantsuit, and no one can see her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know it's it's a very strange thing. I, I know in the comic book she also wears glasses, very much so like Clark Kent, um, but. Calvary yeah, it's, glasses would look great, by the way. Just saying. Yeah, it's it's very it's strange. But um, yeah, this movie. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna preface this. I loved the first Wonder Woman film. I loved it. It was amazing. And my um and my wife loved it. To my wife, and to I know to a lot of other young women, and you know, not even young women, just women in general. That was their Black Panther. Black Panther. Like, Wonder Woman, to them, was Black Panther to African-Americans all over the world. They finally saw themselves in a position of power and prestige on the screen. And this film did did not do it the same justice. Um, at least in my opinion. Um, there, there were some things that, that could have been better. Um, and I'm just going to openly say this right now. This film is too damn long. Uh, way too long. I, I put on my screen. I put on my screenwriting hat, and I was like, "This movie could have, we could have cut out a whole hour of this movie and still gotten the same, still gotten the same thing." Because um, movie, this movie, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, is two hours and thirty minutes. Um, it is a long movie. No wonder I yeah, had to watch all, it in three parts. Three parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really, yeah, with just, this movie, I'm. I feel like I could have been on my phone. Playing games and not Mitch, m- Mitched, missed much. <laughs> Mitch, yeah, no. Um, like, I don't know. Um, 
Answering money. But but yeah, no, you wouldn't have missed much, and that's 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 the part that you know the movie kind of drug um, through a lot of parts. Um, I will say, like, if just starting at the beginning, I loved the scene with young Diana um, competing against the other Amazons. That was really cool. That was great. Um, that was my favorite part. I thought that yeah. was going to set the tone for the whole movie because I thought that was really yeah. well done. And the farther you get into it, like, there's things like everyone here's mentioned a drug out. And it's like, is that really necessary? It, yeah. it, like, they did touch on what happened in the beginning of the movie, but not enough to justify it. And at the same time, like, the beginning of the movie. I, I agree with you that that opening scene was absolutely amazing, and I wish they would have found a better connection for it. Yeah, no, it was it was great. And, you know, my wife and I pointed out, like, I would be so proud if my my daughter played that little girl to play young Diana, because that that young lady acted her butt off yeah. in that, that oh, yeah. scene. Like, she great. and she she did so well. And, and um, yeah, and doing their like it was so it was such a good good scene. Um, that had had such relevance because it brought up the whole concept of hysteria, which doesn't really come back into play. Like it's mentioned one other time during the movie, and then randomly at the end, it's used as cannon fodder. Uh, just yeah, like it's, it's 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 literally just ripped apart. Like it's meant nothing. But you were told that she held off all of mankind wearing this armor, but Cheetah rips it apart with her bare hands. <laughs> just like. No, <laughs> Yeah, we'll get into that we'll get as we get further into the movie. But like, but, there, there, so, are, <clears throat> there, sorry, there are there, things yeah. about this that are like yeah. really well played out. I mean, we have to give props to the costume designer because oh, yes, the costume designer was felt great. Like not just for you know the villains and uh, Diana, but like everything. It felt like the 1980s watching this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it really also, did. Also, the set designer did a phenomenal job showing, like, the, the offices. And mm. <clears throat> so, yeah, that 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 mall was that mall was oh yeah yeah. Child I mean, right it, yeah. Well, I was about to say like we're all a little too young to actually remember the eighties. Uh, no, but I mean, we can all remember malls in their prime. Yeah, we, that's true. Like all of us were were cognitive when when the malls were in their prime, which was you know the the early yeah. '90s and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Good um, times. I mean, we, we may have, we may have been little kids, but you know we still Taco we still Bell, know. We're Taco Bell things where it's like that weird shade of blue and white that doesn't quite make sense, but you accept it anyways. Yes. I, I yeah. remember <laughs> I remember being like late '90s, early 2000s when. You would go on a date with a girl, and it would be you would go to the mall and just yes. walk around for like an hour yes. and a half. Yeah, there's always something yeah. to do. You can get food. You can go yep. shopping and just go to a movie. There's yeah, a, yeah. The mall just had so much opportunities. Yeah, no, yeah. The the mall at that point was was the hangout. Like there's so, there's a reason so many like te- like teen television shows took place in malls. There's just because there's so much to do. There's also a reason how I met your mother created a whole song about it. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to the mall. Uh, uh, yeah, it was you know, but I, I actually really loved that that whole action piece that came up in the mall when you know the the guys are robbing the jewelry store that is acting as a front for a black market antiquities market. 
I thought that was cool. And then, yeah. And then, you know, the robber takes the little kid hostage because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to go back to jail. And then the part that I love the most out of the whole thing was when Wonder Woman comes in, she did the, she did the tiara thing using it like the boomerang. Oh, yeah. I, I like mm-hmm. I was like, yo, whoever whoever made this, Patty Jenkins, must have loved the actual Wonder Woman 1984 because there were so many like throwbacks to it, both good mm-hmm. and bad. <clears throat> but that 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 little moment there was cool. Um, now and I, I'm not gonna Avery. I know that you are a big comic book fan, and so you you have. Probably more knowledge than all of us about Wonder Woman, the original 1984. So a little bit. So could you give just a quick list of the throwbacks that were in it from um, the original? Yeah, I guess. So obviously the tiara was was one big aspect. Um, this movie made more an emphasis of the lasso of truth, which became kind mm. of a big part of, of Diana's mythos um, during the 1984 Wonder Woman. Also. Um, and this isn't the the Wonder Woman 1984. This goes back to the Super Friends, the Invisible Jet. Mm-hmm. Um, that that has not actually been a real thing in the Wonder Woman comics for years, but yeah. that came to prominence in the Super Friends because Wonder Woman could not fly. Um, but that has since Wait. later been retconned, and now she can fly and all this other stuff. Wait, when did um, they make that change exactly? Um, I think I think that change came in the New 52, I believe. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's when they decided that she could fly because they wanted to pair her up with Superman. Um, I mean, and so I mean, Wonder Woman now with uh, with what they're doing with the uh, DC Metalverse. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, because now Wonder Woman, she just she's like, like the most metal character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like she's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's that's a lot of stuff. But they also a lot of the throwbacks were subtle. They were. So the Wonder Woman 1984 show was more about Diana Prince, the woman, mm. as opposed to Wonder Woman. Who she was um, outside so, of the lasso yeah, and the tiara. Exactly. And that's what a lot of this film focused on. And I think the I think the film tried to maintain that whole idea of let's focus on Diana Prince as opposed to Wonder Woman, which is a novel concept. It, it, like If you do it right, it's well, because you get the bits that Diana Prince is a fashionista. So yeah. we see a we see a lot of her in these outfits, which my wife points out are beautiful outfits that were in style then and still would be relevant today. Um, and you know about her like in her job and you know how men treat her and this that and the other. It's it's very interesting. There's like little little stuff. Um, I'm not a a Wonder Woman um, fanboy. Not not to say anything against her. Um, a person that you you actually may want to like look to for more information on actual Wonder Woman is probably like a YouTube personality, Lamar Wilson, who loves Wonder Woman, um, and he's a can, huge huge fan of the Wonder Woman eighty four. Can I can I point out that like the actress Gal? I'm gonna say her name wrong, and I know I am Gal, Gal Gadot. 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 She is silent. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. She is. <laughs> phenomenal in this role and she is also Uh, absolutely breathtaking yes oh no she's gorgeous my my what true amazon my wife literally legitimately stopped the movie and looked at me in the face and says my free pass which my wife and i have this whole thing that we have a free pass if there's a such person wants to sleep with you you're allowed to not get in trouble 
she says, she says, that woman is my free pass. <laughs> oh my god, that should be everyone's free pass. That should be everyone's free pass. She is well, it's amazingly what, gorgeous. Well, we we have a running joke that our free pass is the same person. It's it's Ashley Graham. Um, just like <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Shows how much uh, I know about sports, anything. Sports, sports, illu- sports Illustrated though. model. Just use Google. Yes. Just use Google. I'm, I'm Googling it. I'm Googling it. Or if it was 1984, just like go to a oh, like, newsstand. What? Yeah. I, I she's mean, a sports illustrator. She's a model. Um, I see it. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, actually no, typed in Ashley Furniture and I was very confused for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes. yeah, so, you know, even, even, even my furniture. wife, like, was, <laughs> even my wife is talking about like how gorgeous Gal Gadot was. Um, little, little, little fact, in case you guys didn't know, um, the reason that all the Amazons all have a very similar accent to Gal Gadot, um, and it's weird that it's not a Greek accent because it's supposed to take place in the Greek world, it's actually an Israeli accent. Yeah. Namely because Gal Gadot, they, they started filming and realized she couldn't do another accent. She can mm, only yeah. speak her native tongue. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. Now, that's actually really interesting because when you, like, okay, so, you know, being Jewish, um, my brother actually dated a girl from Israel. Okay. Uh, and wait, was, wait so, was that from the, that one particular app? Yes. Was it from it J-Day? Was, it was from J-Day. <laughs> Nice. Now, if anyone doesn't know about J-Day, whenever you match with somebody, it's a bunch of Jews on the screen doing the doing the uh, the wedding dance where they put the bride and groom in the chairs. It's hilarious. Oh Anyways, um, yeah, no, he dated a girl who was from Israel. So, like, nice. the first time I ever saw this woman on screen, I recognized the accent. Hmm. And... She, but at the same time, her accent is not distracting. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and what's really funny to me is I dated a girl whose mom was from Greece, so I know the okay. Greek accent. So actually, when I watched the first Wonder Woman, I was like, "That's not a Greek accent. That's an Israeli accent they're all speaking in." However, and I actually, it makes sense though because they're in isolation, so you yeah. would also expect their uh, language mm-hmm. to evolve over time. You know what I thought about for that? Science. <laughs> I mean, you well, could just go to North Carolina and see that. If you go to the Outer Banks, North Carolina, specific islands on the Outer Banks have their own accents because they've been isolated. Yeah, uh, their own family trees. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But it's it's you know it was interesting because I know in that first film, obviously they were supposed to be speaking with a Greek accent, but they changed it to where all of the Amazon speak with an Israeli accent to match Gal Gadot because she is Wonder Woman. So everyone needs to sort of speak like her, um, which which I'll get to a point because there's one character from that island who doesn't speak like her. But we'll we'll talk about that towards the end. Um, so, so yeah, you, the, uh, oh, where were you going with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was about to say so. You know, the the movie the movie itself has a bit of a problem with pacing. Um, we spend a lot of time getting to meet and learn about certain characters. Do and watch them do certain things that make no damn sense. Did, but out of curiosity, with that before we move on, uh, the main point of it was, and this I'm probably jumping ahead, but so after that opening, after the mall scene, she goes back to her apartment. Mm-hmm. You see all the yeah. trinkets over the years. Do you think yeah. that could have been left out? 
fuck. Yeah. As much as I um, liked, as much as I liked it, I thought it was so, kind of so unnecessarily part of me, long. Part of me thinks that that could have been spread out throughout the film. Yeah. yeah. Um, because there are there are she doesn't go to her apartment quite often, but they definitely could have added her going back to her apartment and kind of making those more of Easter eggs, not necessarily yeah. going through the montage that it was. And I mean, there are definitely I appreciated it just like you, but I agree with you. It could have been cut out or they could have done it in a different manner. In order to show all these trinkets over time. Yeah, I. The thing is, I the, the reason I bring up all you know all the excess is because it took away from who the film sort of advertised as the main villain, which was Cheetah, and we meet Barbara Minerva, aka Cheetah, fairly early. Um, okay, real quick, I I need to say this because we're talking about her. When I saw the first preview of this film, I knew she was the main villain. Mm-hmm. It was her character was a little too cliche for my liking. Really? Mm-hmm. It's it, really, a DC movie, so yeah. As soon, as soon as like I saw the preview where it's like her on the ground picking up papers and Diana comes over to help her, I'm just like, that's of the course. villain. <laughs> I know that's well, the yeah. Villain. I mean. But I mean, that was, that was the thing. The the commercials told us that was the villain. And then you find out, oh, she isn't the actual villain. She's actually yeah, yeah. a lackey. Like, um, and you know, that was the thing. But you get this, you get, you, yeah, you get this moment with, with Barbara Minerva, which I had to point out to my wife. I get it. They're supposed to say, oh, she, she you know, she's the nerdy, uh, you know, comely, you know, no one noticed her type of woman. You look at this woman, this woman is gorgeous. Even, yeah. even looking disheveled, she's gorgeous. But yeah, you're gonna say, oh, no just one? throw some glasses yeah, on her. It's kind of, yeah, yeah. it's kind <laughs> of looking at uh, what was it, the remake of, um, oh my God, Stephen King, uh, Pet Cemetery? No, uh, the, the the girl who gets it blood dumped on her, Carrie. Carrie. Yeah, the remake of Carrie. It's like the original Carrie. You could see that girl as being the nerdy outcast, but in the remake, it's like. Who would dare think of this girl as not pretty? Yeah, it's it's kind of Um, actually, while we do this, I actually I want to ask Buddy. Um, mm-hmm. we've, we've we've talked a little we've talked a little bit about how things were a little long. Um, and I kind of wanted to get your opinion on that because like the three of us have kind of chimed in on length. Um, how did you feel about length of some of these certain scenes, especially here in the beginning that we're talking about? Um. I guess ironically, I feel I'm like one of like five people in the world that like enjoyed the film. Um, so I, I feel like I don't want to come off as biased <laughs> if liking a film is biased. Um, I, I think if one thing that I feel could be trimmed out is I, I feel maybe Maxwell Lord is probably mm. the source of a lot of the issues you hear. Because I feel there's so much that goes down with him. I think his wishes sort of get out of control at the end. I feel that whole mm-hmm. situation where he hops over to the satellite bunker to propel the wishes out. And, like, that's a mm-hmm. full, like... I feel like that's, like, your last 30 minutes is when he gets to that bunker. And she has to it fight really Cheetah. Was. And then he's broadcasting to the world. And then, you know, she... She does defeat Cheetah. You get your CGI fight that looks cool. And it's your big physical moment. And then she defeats him with emotion. 
Um, but I, I feel that whole excuse me arc per se of Maxwell Lord, I feel there's probably a better movie in there and a much shorter movie in there if you can find a way to trim down just his powers. I felt his powers were so massive. It, it, I think it just let people... Once he takes that guy's army and becomes the actual jewel, I feel like mm. that's probably where most people start disconnecting because he's so powerful. He's so yeah. OP. Well, and, you know, the, yeah, that's that the, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and I think I, that's what I, I, dumped I, I, a lot of people because it's like, well, what does anything matter now? Because we know she's yeah. going to stop him, and I, I think he's one of those villains where if he's not done correctly and he seems way too powerful, then the audience doesn't exactly care. Um, yeah, and, and you know, it, yeah. it's tough to pick a villain out of Wonder Woman's rogue gallery because Wonder Woman doesn't have a kryptonite. She's not human like Batman. Oh. She's not. Um, fatal to the color yellow, I think Green Lantern is. Um, it, it used to be. Now it's just fear in general. Oh, uh, I thought okay. it was a Ryan Reynolds film. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> That's on his list of weaknesses. Uh, oh, now yeah. I know what I'm going to recommend. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not yeah, showing up to that one. You're right. <laughs> but I, I know. No, for, I got, for me, I, I. What if I, we could I get Ryan Reynolds it. in on there? We don't have Ryan Reynolds money. Not even close. Um, I I think the reason I liked it is because I I read online, like on Twitter before I even, I I was almost like spoiled, but only tone wise. Someone said like, if you think of this movie as one that was made like in the eighties or nineties, then it's total fun. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what I walked into it thinking like, this one is films where it's not going to be dark and gritty. It's not going to be, um, anything like the most previous superhero films that we're used to where everything is grounded in some pseudoscience where everything has to make sense. And this one, it, this, this was essentially like a cartoon, but with the real people and like cartoon physics, yeah, cartoon stakes. And, and I think that for me, that's what I was sort of, that, that, that's what I was. I think that's why I liked it. Cause I knew that going in. I think if I didn't know that going in and I was expecting something as dark as the first one, you know, where, there's it's set during a war people are dying from gas uh chris pine oh i don't want to spoil anyone that hadn't seen wonder woman sorry um the first one is a lot darker oh no it, it, it's it's too late at this point yeah right <laughs> just, just go uh, for it yeah chris pine <laughs> dies because in case you were sleeping under a rock and somehow missed an important point of the second movie um i'm not sure how you made it this far um for <laughs> punishment yeah right and i i just i, I took it as Cartoon physics, cartoon logic. Um, I, I didn't let anything sit with me too long. And um, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if there is some type of precursor to that to let people know that that's what they were getting into. Yeah. Um, well, it, the thing tough. is, I, I, I think people went into it, especially comic book fans. And Chris can back me up on this because Chris is a big DC fan like myself. That's not Maxwell Lord. They changed his powers for the film. Maxwell Lord is a con man. He's a businessman, but his powers in the DC universe is telepathic, telepathic persuasion. So in essence, he's the purple man. That's his power. He's the purple man. He can, he can suggest you to do things. However, he can only make you do things you would have done anyway. He kind of sort of did con wise with, uh, yeah, like in, in the salesperson mode, he was like leading them on pretty heavily. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So in a way, he kind of yeah. did it. So in a way, kind of did it. But yeah, they did change his powers for the movie. Yeah, they, they changed his powers. And the thing about Maxwell Lord's characters in the comic books is Maxwell Lord believes he's the hero. Like that—that's his whole thing. And I guess yeah. he believes he himself is the hero. I mean, to like, some degree, the same thing happened. It's just towards the end, it just got goes overboard. Uh, yeah, it got yeah. so overboard and comic book and like cartoon like. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, I, you know, like I said, I want to. As, as we go through, like I said, we we met Barbara, and then we we start to meet Max, and you get to see that Max is this debonair, suave, fast talking sort of guy, who apparently has all these television commercials and has been conning people into buying plots of land that he believes has gold under them, which you find out not all of them are dry, oil. and he's in all this debt, yeah, all it, this oil. It's it black gold, so he's right. Yeah, yeah black, black gold. gold. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, and so he is looking for this object which supposedly can grant a wish, which of course is in Barbara and Diana's lab because comic books. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> the, the, the scenes that we get with that, with Barbara making her wish, which is to be like Diana, comes with that unexpected price of, hey, now she has superpowers. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I never heard Diana make her wish for her dead boyfriend to come. She doesn't never say it. No. She just closed her eyes. Did she? Okay, like, I, I must have completely missed that. I think she that was just like, like, she mentioned something when they're out to lunch or whatever. Yeah, that, like, but that I think would be that, her wish. But, but I think you... But I think you had to be holding it though. That's from that's from my understanding because we get so, Max later so on. Yes, me touching is, you. She doesn't say it. She like closed the, her so eyes and the wind blows. Is, yeah, mm, when when the wind okay. blew, Maybe you kind of saw. Yeah, so the wind blew when she was closing her eyes, which <clears> kind of showed she was making a wish. And then afterwards, she kind of said what her wish was. And then you kind of mm. get this. It's a little drawn out and kind of. Pointless, but like I think a better way to have made that scene would have been if I could, if she was like holding it and said, if I, if this were real and I could have had one wish, I would have wished for so and so to come back to me. Yeah, you, uh, is it you know, that something Is it me that they they copy the wind thing from like Game of Every Thrones? Every other wish. Thing well, ever. Game of Thrones, when the White Walkers were about to show up, like it got cold and um, wind started blowing, and then bam, we died. It's a sort of I'm, I'm lost there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mystical wind. It's 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 a thing that's been used. But you know, once the wishes start to flow, obviously, like I said, we get Barbara saying she wants to be like Diana. We get Diana wishing Chris Pine back to life, where he hijacks the body of some dude. Which I have a problem with this. Oh yeah, um, I, hated I won't that. talk about it on here. Yeah, it, it's there's a whole thing. It was just a way to get Chris Pine back in the movie. Um, but the, there's a uh, also, um, also like he commandeers a freaking F twenty two or F eighteen. Like, come on! Like computers were invented by the time you died, and when you now show up, how in the world do you? Yeah, he did it like it's like driving a car. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, then again, you know, like okay, so. I want to say he did it like it was driving a car. I'm going to say he did it like it was driving a car from his time. Because the original Mm -hmm. cars actually used a system of levers and pulleys Pulleys. in order to steer. Uh, There wasn't a steering wheel. But, like, you know, if you were to drive a car from the 1940s and then a car from now, 
you'd you'd know what to do, essentially. Yeah. Especially if you well, know I mean, how to drive he, a stick. So. Well, his would have been before World. His would have been before 1940s because his was during World War One. So his it would have been oh, significantly shit. different. Yeah. Oh yeah, then so he would have been screwed. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong. At least it was invisible. Um, but you know, it's you know, we started to get a lot of stuff. Like we did get some pretty cool fight scenes. I will openly say that. Um, my wife actually did have a problem with it, and you know, I told my wife I would bear her her concerns about the movie because she wanted she she as a woman she wanted to say what she did. Mainly, That's she fair. said she did not think the fight scenes portrayed the power in the majesty that we got from the first movie with Wonder Woman. This Wonder Woman felt dainty and light. Um, she she was not the just the brutal imposing figure that Diana was coming out of the mascara. Here it was a yeah. Wonder Woman who didn't want to hurt people and didn't want to do anything. And I quote and I say this. My wife says in the scenes where you see her like running on the trucks during the entire scene in, in Saudi and you know when she's every time she's like moving through the air, my wife says it looks like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It looks like she's running like a bitch in her <laughs> own words. That sounds like Avery's wife, like yelling at someone. That was not me. That was not me. Surprisingly, was not me. Is that a one curse word for the episode? No, we 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 can't say that. We can only say the f word once. Um, you run like a bitch. Like you're just shouting at his opponent after breaking his arm. You run away like a bitch. <laughs> However, uh, after that particular scene, in that particular scene in Saudi, we did get the notion of like uh, what they alluded to. I think way too many times the monkey's paw. And yeah, like, that was a lot. And how you gain something, but you also lose something. And in her case, it you she's starting to lose like what made her Wonder Woman. Her power, and it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I th- I thought that was actually really cool. I I thought I thought the aspect of that was was awesome, especially within the fight scenes. Yes. It wasn't so much her powering her way through; she was sliding under the trucks to avoid fire. Um, yeah, she was trying human ish. Yeah, yeah, she was human ish. But then you get that moment where obviously she goes super and has to save the kids from getting run over by a tank. Which Brad, please, please, you can tell me this because you're a you're a history buff and you like vehicles those tanks did not look like they were from the 80s those tanks looked more modern than they are from the 80s okay so with the tanks it's a little bit more difficult when it comes to it because tank evolution kind of like yes they might not have been but really when you want to talk about tank and vehicle evolution in military aspects you really need to more look at the inside of them as opposed to Mm. the outside um with, with the ones that were shown, I want to say they were indeed from the 80s. However, if you want to talk more about military vehicles, that'd be more on my brother. Um, oh, okay. But with what they were showing there, the only reason that I'm going to give them the benefit of a doubt with those vehicles is we're talking about military vehicles from a royal prince. And so mm, he true. could have technology available to him that the general public did not know. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. They could have been uh, um, retrofitted. Yes, exactly. And, okay. And, and, and guys, you're probably noticing that we're jumping around a little bit. The reason we're jumping around a little bit, there are large portions of this movie that you literally could go without. Um, 
Like quite literally. There, there's maybe like one more little important scene before all of this goes down, where you begin to see Barbara's personality shift because now she realizes oh, yeah. she has power. Now she see that she's a little bit more brutal. There's a there's a moment um, earlier in the film where she is saved by Diana when a dude is cat calling her and attempts to you know grab her on the street. Um, which she eventually finds this dude later on. He's as she's out running, and she brutally, brutally beats the dog crap out of this dude. Yeah, and yeah. okay, um, that's actually this? one scene that didn't really make much sense to me. And he the feels only too reason much. I say that is no, no, uh, it's not that. So I feel like the reaction to that. Don't get me wrong, the assholes who are catcalling and doing shit like that. Fuck them. Oh, I used it. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, we'll have to tell now, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so now, but what didn't make sense to me is we saw her as a kind, compassionate woman. And we saw her as, like, a caring individual. And then this one person who she would always drop food off to comes mm-hmm. along and says... What are you doing? And she's like, mind your own business. It was yeah. almost like, yeah, she may have had the power, but how is that power instantly going to change her to a villain? I feel like the progression of her from who she was to a villain could have been a little bit iron, like ironed out a little bit better than it actually was. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I, I like I enjoyed the scene and I liked that guy getting his comeuppance, you know, like let him, you know, deal with that. But I feel like they didn't show it well. Yeah, no, I get that. It is uh it was a weird thing because interspliced with all of that, we get all of Maxwell Lord's antics, which we did yes. not need all of it. And you know, Buddy mentioned it. There was so much of what he was doing that became the backdrop of the movie. Yeah, it really like, to be on, like it, it really does. Like you don't actually see a whole lot of Wonder Woman. Um, a lot of the film is Maxwell Lord, which I mean, Maxwell Lord is a, is a decent character um, in both the comics and this movie. But you know, as we start getting towards you know the big action pieces, where you start to realize, okay, that's like they're talking about the monkey's paw. Everything has a price, and every wish that you make, there's going to be distorted and twisted in some way. So we begin to see the world sort of go to crap. It, yes. it starts to fall apart, and it's it basically starts to look like Armageddon because you we get the the little note where basically the jewel and every culture it's found in the the that the society collapses very shortly after. That's yeah. fair. That's yeah. fair. And and they they mentioned it's part of part it was made by some random god that i don't even remember because it was literally never said again after that one moment um (laughs) it's uh it was never said again after that moment but it it leads us to this moment of what what i what i think was probably uh, I, i think was the crux of chris pine being back in the film which was their realization that in order to help bring back the world to what it was, everyone has to renounce their wishes. Yeah. And I, it's so OP. Sorry. Yeah. No, go for it, please. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say it's, it's just one of those things where it's such a world altering moment where 
it, it almost defies. This can only happen in a cartoon. In a world where mm-hmm. everyone is pure, everyone is not in the gray area. There's white and black, and everyone decides to go towards the white, per se, or towards the light. And mm-hmm. I, I think I think my biggest issue, even though I, I don't know, I, I followed it because I, I don't know, cartoon logic, I guess I was cool with, um, yeah. was because I, I, I sort of got what they were doing. Did they achieve it? Probably not. Um, their critical reviews on Rotten Tomatoes were really good when it first started. 89% of critics liked it. And then once uh, the general audience saw it, it just sort of plummeted. Uh, film Twitter was having a field day with it. Um, it. And so there's clearly a disconnect between a certain sect of the population that viewed it. And it was like, they totally get it. Other section just totally did not resonate and that, that's the difficulty when it comes to making a, a film this big and a film where you're trying uh-huh. to please all audiences. Um, I have not looked over the Rotten Tomatoes reviews, but I, I'm sure it's a, a mixed bag of people that... I, I think there's going to be one of those films where you either love it or you hate it. I think it's currently the lowest rated DC film on Rotten Tomatoes right now out of all the DC. Wait, 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 wait. How does that even make sense in a world where Batman versus Superman exists? I know. I know. No, I, I, say, don't, I don't Trump. think it's the I don't think it's the lowest rated. I think it's it's the lowest rated new DC film yeah. because like I was gonna um, say a world where uh, as much as I like the character Jonah Hex Jonah Hex <laughs> Uh, do we consider Jonah Hex part of DC exists. Universe? I guess we do. I never saw I, I never saw Jonah Hex. Uh, uh, you're, you're a good person. Much. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think I've seen it. I haven't seen it either. I think I saw it in. Um, gosh, what is it called? Wait till it comes um, on Night on, Terrors. On, yeah, Night Terrors. Wait till it comes on TV <laughs> and just watch it when you're like cleaning your house or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's. I, I'll just follow up and finish up and just say that I, I think it's. It's one of those things where the wish aspect is like, it's like time travel. Like, not every film can do time travel correctly, because then it just opens up so many plot holes about, okay, why not just do X, Y, and Z when you could do A, B, and C? And with the wish thing, it's just, I I think it's so powerful, and it's so far-reaching, and I don't think... I, I, I don't think it connected the way they thought it was there, going to there connect. There were also way too many stretches with the yes. wish thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, because the photons are touching people, that means they get a wish. It's like, what the yeah, f- that, God. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> what that, sense that, does that, that make? No, that, that was, when they said it's the same thing as the Star Wars project, I was like, excuse me? Oh, yeah, that uh, is a real project. <laughs> That is a real um, project. Yeah. I didn't, think, I didn't know that Star Wars project. Yeah, I do not. So the was history of the Star Wars project, uh, I believe so. So it, there are different uh, uh, terms when it comes to the Star Wars project, but I believe, and I could be wrong, the original Star Wars project was putting nuclear weapons into space to where they could bombard uh, the Soviet Union if the Soviet Union decided to launch nukes at us. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it, it's I guess those are one instinct of tying it into reality. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean that was it was it was kind of weird. Which actually, I'm glad you you brought this up because 
I kind of want to talk about the, the ending of the film. Because, um, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of it you could cut out and you would still be perfectly fine. Like an hour's worth of the movie is not needed. But we get to the final scene um, or the final final battle. Before we get there, obviously because she's Wonder Woman and she has to do what she has to do to save the world, Diana Prince renounces her wish, which means Chris Pine stops ghosting this dude's body. Um, this dude gets back a week of his life. Yeah, <laughs> he now has a blank spot it. in. Yeah, yeah, no, you totally you you really didn't, you really didn't. But uh, and so she becomes the Wonder Woman again. She's she is not losing her powers, but. The moment she stops losing her power, she goes back to her apartment to get the Asteria armor. Which I was like, okay, cool. We're about to get this this massive moment where she's now full god mode. And it's not. Like Yeah, it's, my, 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 it's my, almost like it's almost like fighting like uh, anyone who knows video games, entering in the cheat code, but there's a stipulation for it. Like Yeah, it was <laughs> Oh yeah, you 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 can't be killed. But your cool ass armor gets eaten away every time you get hit by a bullet or something. Like it's just, it it was it didn't make sense. And on on top of that, you know, besides my wife pointing out that she looked like C three PO, I will say um, this though, real quick before you get into it, Avery. I will say this: that gold armor without the wings. Sexy oh, as hell. Was, yeah. Oh, it was it was awesome. C three PO. You know, but that's like, mm-hmm. but like not just sexy Maybe as hell. But yeah, it looked incredible. So yeah. she's like that uh, robot off uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. Um, also, you know, is this I really coming dead. Soon. It's a comic book movie. Is he really dead? A pair. There was illusions that he was in heaven. He didn't remember it, but there, there's a whole thing. Um, I mean, he was like, but, I was in a we, place. We, it was nice. It was warm. Yeah. It was probably like yeah. 1995 or whenever things were better. Don't <laughs> 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 you know the Backstreet Boys were just hitting their prime? They yeah. weren't that way. Right. Oh, man. Right. Oh, man. You know, it, you know, like, so she shows up in this armor, which we've been told is the armor of Asteria, the greatest warrior of the Amazons. It was the it was created by the all the Amazons sacrificing every you know every bit of armor and weaponry they had to make armor that could hold off all of mankind. So we're thinking she's a walking tank, right? And she gets into the fight with Cheetah, who is now been wished to be an apex predator, and by apex predator that meant that literally turned her into a cheetah. Um, I don't Even understand how that wish made sense. Snow leopard, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense. But so yeah, so this armor that was supposed to be able to bend off all, take the text of all mankind, get started getting ripped up by one supervillain, and I mean yeah. ripped up. Like every now, time okay. this woman hits it, a piece is flying off. <laughs> so so I'm gonna I'm gonna play the devil's advocate. The devil's advocate. And the only reason that I kind of appreciate that scene is for one, it's showing her that this battle needs to be fought with skill as opposed to muscle. Mm-hmm. And, and the lighting. other thing is it's showing it's showing the myth of this character being a myth. She may be a superhuman Amazonian, but she is still a myth even in their culture. The um, thing is even but even then I don't think that I don't think the suit was necessary for that. You could have done oh, all no, of that I, without I, the don't suit. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you on that. But I'm just 
I, I'm trying to like yeah. think of it from the point of view of the filmmaker or you know a writer. Is I mean I get it. There, there's all of that. I mean there was probably so, there was probably some some more stuff that made the armor more important that was probably cut out, but because the movie was already two and a half hours long. Um, yeah, it's also. But I guess, I guess the director the director had to actually fight to keep the opening scene in. Yeah, really? that, which I mean, yeah, I feel like the opening scene did a lot because it ties into the ending when, you know, Diana defeats Maxwell Lord with Nakama power, a.k.a. the power of friendship. Um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Drag them. With, like, I'm not joking, guys. He, she literally defeats him with the power of friendship because she ties essentially snakes her lasso truth around his ankle when he's preaching a sermon to the world, granting everybody's wishes, and in return, taking their health, taking their organs, taking this, taking that. And she gets everyone to relinquish their wishes by showing them that what you act, what you want, what you wish for is not actually what you want. It's, it's not worth it in the end. Yeah. And... Now, now but and, we also, like, honestly, I kind of want to just do this real quick. So if yeah. we all had one wish, what would your wish be? Uh, Chris, what would your one wish be? I'm just, because I'm curious, because that was a huge point of this film, is having the one wish. It's not like Aladdin where you got three. Yeah. If I had one wish... Are we excluding other wishes, like I wish for 35 <laughs> wishes? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> yes, we're excluding that. I shouldn't have said anything, because now I don't know what to wish for. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, don't know if I'd wish for anything. I mean, that's fair. Just... What's the point? I mean, honestly, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with Chris. I feel like if I have to choose something, I'm gonna say like end world hunger because I, I, I don't ever want to see anybody go hungry. Like I'm that, I'm that person that if I see a homeless person and their sign is not asking for money but says hungry, like and they're they're looking for food, I will always, always go get food because oh, the idea yeah, of someone dude, being hungry was, hurts me on the inside. There have been, yeah. there have been several times where I've. Uh, where I got off work when I worked in a fast food restaurant and I brought food to homeless people. So I, I feel that completely, but uh, yeah. what about you? Um, oh, oh, well. we used to shoot buddy. Gosh, oh my gosh. Uh, buddy, what yeah, about I, you? I wish for a sensor over my name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I would start with uh, I was I was going to say money, but it's not money. It's to be successful at whatever I sort of want to do. Like the idea of having that. I don't know if you want to call it luck, but that Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos ability to bring things into fruition. And maybe it's not just money. Mm. It's whatever started them out. You know, that. Yeah. That luck or that intuition to create something where you can do your best in world hunger where you can do stuff for other people and you're still comfortable at the same time where, you know, I'm not giving away too much of myself, but I am giving away part of myself to help others. Um, I don't know that, that type of, um, that's what's the word. 
forget it. Luck. <laughs> luck. Rhymes <laughs> <laughs> with luck. Um, yeah, so I, that, that type of luck to be able to give other people success and give other people that type of luck. So, um, yeah, so, something like that. What about you, Brad? You know, like, I've actually thought about this quite a bit. And, but the older I get, uh, the more I kind of wish for, like, just better health. Mm. Like, I've been having a lot of problems when it comes to, like, uh, the doctor. And, like, recently my health insurance premium went up to, or my, not my premium, but the price of my health insurance went up over $50 per month. Yeah. And it's like, I would probably wish for, like, if I'm talking about just me, I'd wish for no health issues. But mm. if we're talking like the selfless part of me, it would probably be something along the lines of being able to help other people, whether that be financially or materialistic or like food, whatever it may be. I want to see other people be happy and be able to succeed, but at the same time, you can't really do that if you're dying. True. So yeah. it's 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 really hard for me to choose that. But like each of y'all's answers kind of made sense to me, except for Chris. But you know, <laughs> but I, I mean, I I actually I and this is I kind of agree with Chris. What is what is the point of making a wish? What that one wish for something, especially in this context where everything you wish for is going to be contorted in some way, some shape or form. Of course, something's no, going to yeah. something's going to be taken in order to be received. So I, I get that, um, and you know, it, which is kind of funny because we get there with again Diana defeating Maxwell with the with the force of Nakama power and getting everyone in the world to renounce their wishes, including Barbara. Um, no, getting her I don't to renounce. think Barbara renounced it. She did. They said oh, everyone had to, to renounce their wishes. She turned to a human. They said everyone had to renounce their powers. Everyone had to renounce their wishes in order for it to all go back to normal. So that so, included her. So that that kind of brings me to a question about this film. So as uh, you know, and you guys are more involved in comic books than I am. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the comics. Where do Cheetah's powers come from? Um, I don't, I don't particularly remember. Uh, like, I'm not a huge what person. Canon you decide to go with. Yeah. Originally, it had to do with like some kind of Nigerian prince, I think, or Nigerian witch doctor. Oh, is that that scam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the emails I've been getting. <laughs> you mean yeah, I could have had? They weren't were from Oliver. They weren't from Oliver. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, you could have been like a freaking superhero, man. (laughs) Yeah. No, but yeah. So so I'm looking. Yeah, well, I'm looking at it right now. So, you know, if it was pre crisis Cheetah, um, which we'll have to get into a whole episode about comic books, but there are various crises that have happened in DC. You're looking at Crisis on Infinite Earths, Crisis on Two Earths, you know, Infinite Crisis, blah, 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 blah. So if it was pre-Crisis, which is where the universe spritz, uh, Cheetah was just a woman in a costume. Um, okay. However, post-Crisis, where we got Earth Prime, um, she it was a more mythical note where she was a champion of a god. 
Mm. Um, very much like Wonder Woman is supposedly the daughter of Zeus. Uh, she became a champion of a god, morphing into this teed up human hybrid in order to challenge um, challenge Wonder Woman. So it's it's kind of it's kind of strange. Like her origins are weird. Um, and Barbara Minerva is the third cheetah, and she act like her character is again very different. Um, she essentially gets her powers from a god, um, and they're they're given to her to act as the guardian of this random African clan, sort of like Chris was talking about. Um, but in exchange, it changes her skin to look like that of a cheetah. So it, it's kind of it's kind of strange in a weird weird sort of way what they did here, but yeah, I mean the film the film kind of alludes to the fact, like I said, because they mentioned that everyone has to give this up in order for the world to go back to normal. Because the world went back to normal means that Barbara was included in giving up her abilities. Because even Max gave up his wish, he renounced oh, he renounced that, his power. Okay, so that's a fair assessment. So, but the only thing about that that I kind of question is. Now, I really like Cheetah as a villain. I mm-hmm. think that the idea of her being a villain for, you know, a future for Wonder Woman film is is actually a good good idea. Mm-hmm. But with the way it kind of ended, it didn't seem like she gave up her powers because she was so focused on being the apex predator being like Diana. Yeah. Now and maybe she I, part of them. She can maybe transform in and out of it. Maybe. I. You know the thing is like, Cheetah is a big enemy in Wonder Woman's lore, but her lore in recent years, and Chris can back me up on this, has been so interspliced with that of the Justice League as a whole, but more specifically with that of Batman and Superman. She deals with a lot of their enemies um, more than even her own rogues gallery. Man. The only hero, yeah, let's say, the only hero that you have that really deals almost primarily with their own rogues gallery is the Flash, because mm. he okay. has so damn okay. many. Yeah, like yeah, well, and, yeah, the Flash has like freaking boomerang. Who the hell's yeah. boomerang? Well, there's two, and maybe like <laughs> the there's South two. Dakota Police Department. <laughs> well, it depends on which which boomerang you're dealing with. If it's the second boomerang, he actually is a speedster himself. So no, I get um, I get that. I'm just yeah. you know. speaking of things now, DC should make into a movie. Flashpoint, even though they did oh the, man, oh, yeah. even though they did the comic book movie, even though they did the like animated movie, but seeing something that violent on the screen would be awesome. Mm. Oh no, better better than that, <laughs> Darkest Night. Oh, excuse me, Blackest Night. Oh God, the D- the DC version equivalent of Marvel Zombies. <laughs> like oh, Blackest Night is a horror. F- Blackest Night is a horror mm-hmm. film. Like not even a joke. It is a horror. So film. Thinking, well, here's also why I say Flashpoint. Because of oh. that, Wonder Woman kills Aquaman's wife. He kills. Yeah, she kills Mira. Then you get one of the most brutal fights in comic book history then, with Aqu- with Emperor Aquaman versus Wonder Woman, Queen of the Furies. Uh-huh. Yikes. Things get real. Like that that so, fight that fight was violent. <laughs> so I, I'm so, just saying that'd be that'd be cool. To kind of get back onto the actual movie itself, because we can oh, wait, honestly, movie? even though I'm not like a huge comic book nerd, 
We could probably sit here and debate comic book movies for quite, or comic books you themselves say nerd, for quite a you're while. The, you're one of the two people playing Warhammer, so shut up. Hey, check yourself. <laughs> I already called a local game store to Heresy. make sure they had. Oh, Heresy. The, yeah, yeah. Do you want me to? Do you want me to call the Dark Angels to your house? Check yourself. <laughs> Uh, you, can, you, you can, but um, you just get cursed. Terrible things might happen. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, now you, you send the you send the sisters of battle to his house. But then oh, he, he yeah. might like that. <laughs> is this is some, kind of, some kind of gang you're trying to like put a hit on for me. Is this what's That's what it feels like. Um, it doesn't being recruited no, but even though I have God, talked like, to a I'll local game store, dark magician. Dark magician. <laughs> I, I've talked to a local game store, and I got a Warhammer 40k game coming up whenever the California opens up. Not the point. I'll what I, what I do want to try to talk about you. is when it comes to this film, guys. When it comes to this film, what do you think is your favorite part of the film and your least favorite part? Uh, I'll go first. I actually have mine. I, I know what mine is. Okay. Uh, my favorite part is when she gives Steve Rogers up and you see her running away. Steve Trevor. Yeah. Sorry. Was that his name? Steve Rogers. Steve, Steve Trevor. Rogers. Steve Chris Rogers Pine. is Captain America. All the Chris's are just Trevor. sort of interchangeable to me. Um, not you, Chris. You're close to my heart. No worries. Um, I, I think... <laughs> I think when she gives him up and she's gaining her powers back and it's it's a moment of reclaiming her own power but at the same time you can tell she's hurting because she just gave up her true love the one thing she wants in the world and then she lassos lightning and then takes off and she can fly and she learns how to fly and like it's as many storylines and there's a C story and a D story and a WD-40 story going on in there like like three of them just sort of <laughs> might be uh, like a whole bunch of storylines just sort of interconnected at that point and like I was like oh this is what filmmaking should be about it's when multiple storylines come together and you feel something and I, and I felt something with it so um, she took off leaving behind uh, the one thing she wanted and she she learned her lesson about getting things done the right way um, and for me that's what really clicked uh, least favorite moment? Uh, I'd have to think on that for a minute. Um, you know, when they meet that Indian Rastafarian guy, and he has that tune, but he's like, yeah. clearly like, he was like Middle Eastern, right? I think he was yeah. Mayan, right? Yeah, but he also well, had yeah, he, he, was, he, he, had he says he was Mayan. It, yeah, it, it made sense, but it also kind of was pointless. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was just. It was, it was a weird time. This just to try to hand wave the whole end of the world thing that was going on there. It was strange. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I didn't know what that guy. He was just distracting. I knew what they were doing in the scene, but he himself was just distracting. Yeah. Um. I'll go next. So my favorite scene actually was the um, extra scene at the end. Where we get to see, we find out Asteria is actually alive. She did not die saving herself. Wait, I actually um, have what at the wait. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't watch the extra scene. What was the spoiler work? It's uh, so, so I, so I, earlier. Actually, I do have something to say about that scene. 
later. So, like, before we get to oh. the deliberation, I do have yeah. something actually yeah. to say about that scene. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, so I so I loved that uh, mainly because we get to see that Asteria is alive, and not only is she alive, she's Linda Mother <laughs> Carter. <laughs> like, um, and, and still, still looking gorgeous. That woman is beautiful. Oh my god, oh, that makes god. sense. She I, is, I, I, she I heard is. there was a Linda Carter cameo, but I never saw it. Yeah, and I thought I just like yeah. I thought people were just pulling my leg. So that makes sense. No, no, she she is hysteria, and she mentions she's like you know because she ends up saving someone because this thing is about to fall. And like you saved my life, and she's like, well, I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> like, and I just I thought it was so awesome that because oh. I thought it was so awesome. Like she 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 doesn't she has not aged at all. What is in that woman's water? I don't know. Really? But she has not aged. She's not drinking that DC water. I'm telling you that much right now. <laughs> she, right? Lives, she lives in Tomball, Texas, because. When I worked at the uh, <laughs> ball, I was wondering what was in the water that made all the women so gorgeous over there. Yeah, yeah until yeah. about age forty, you know, yeah. just like collapsed. As soon as they hit forty, it just it, the the magic ended. <laughs> well, I'm not co-signing on that, uh, <laughs> but I would say my least favorite part of the movie um, probably was. If I have to choose one, was the ending. Um, I, I didn't like the defeating Maxwell Lord in the comma power. Uh, I, <laughs> it, I feel like it was a cop out. It, like it, it really was. It was like the most anime manga thing possible. Um, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but I get it because they they started to mention earlier on in the movie that the, the ways the ways to the two ways to defeat him were either to destroy the jewel, which in this case Maxwell Lord became the jewel, yeah, yeah. or to get ev- to get everyone in the world to renounce their wishes. And so I kind of I kind of would have liked to have a, a more solid thing. But then again, I also would have preferred for Cheetah to be the actual builder in the movie as opposed to Maxwell Lord's lackey. Yeah. Because um, I felt like that that took away from her power and her majesty as the Cheetah. And furthermore, I felt like it made her subservient to a dude who she could have easily ripped the throat out of. Um, oh, yeah. That's, that's just that's just me. So that was that was mine. Uh, Chris, what about you? Uh, favorite scene? It might have been a small part of it, but um, right when uh, Christian Wig as Barbara was kicking that uh, dude that Kat called her earlier, then the homeless guy she was friendly to showed up. Mm. And you see, like, uh, Barbara, like, show, like, what the hell am I doing? She had that mo- She had that brief moment of clarity before she ran off. Yeah, it's yeah, like she I realized mean... what she was doing was wrong. Yeah, so... She... she... So that particular yeah. scene was one of my favorites, and I gave it crap earlier, but I did like the montage at the beginning, even though I thought it was slightly unnecessary. I liked how it just kind of went through like what she was doing since World War One, basically. Yeah. And showing how people aged, I, I liked it, even though I thought it was slightly unnecessary. Uh, least favorite scene? Yeah, probably the ending. I thought it was that could have been cut out by ten minutes, and I think it still have gotten the point across. Because do we really need to see him show up to the freaking uh, station? Like, it's a comic book yeah. movie. He just shows up. I'm okay with that. Right. Yeah, I get that. So, so yeah. So I, it, I don't know. It just felt like that could have been shortened down by 
five, ten minutes and we've still gotten its point across. Yeah, I get that. So my favorite scene, or I'm going to go with my least favorite scene first. Um, My least favorite scene is going to be kind of like the end scene kind of uh, not the end scene but like you were saying chris where it comes to him showing up at the station and it's just like we don't need to see him we know it's happening yeah uh but my favorite scene is gal gal gadot so uh shall we move (laughs) on to the deliberation wait did you just say your favorite scene was gal gadot yes yes (laughs) It's all brand. Um, so, so real quick before before we get into deliberations, uh, I would like to take this quick moment to talk about our Patreon. So here, insert splice audio here. I guess real professional. Yeah. All right, and now we're back. So. All right, guys. Well. Thank you for joining us this evening. It has come down time for our deliberation. The Brews and Reviews dudes rate movies on a scale from one to five. Um, but, however, we rate them on a scale of beers and not how good they are, but rather how drunk you need to be to enjoy them with a, with a score of one, meaning that the beer is for your own enjoyment and you can watch this movie perfectly sober, or a five, meaning you need all the beers to enjoy this film. All so, of the beers. <laughs> so for this week... Um, I believe I want to hear from Buddy first. Buddy, what do you rate Wonder Woman 84? Yeah, uh, like I said, I'm one of like five people in the world that I feel thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I do recognize there's a lot of criticism around it. So um, deflecting to some of that, I will just say uh, three. Okay. Pretty middle ground, middle of the road. Um, Yeah, you know, have a good time with it. Space them out over Hours. Chris is Chris is Chris is giving my exact review right now. <laughs> he's, he's making sure it's empty. Just just all in there. All in there. <laughs> money for this crowd or beer? I'm getting all my money for. It. <laughs> gonna cut the top open. Uh, well, I should go with Chris. What do you rate Wonder Woman eighty uh, four? Same as Buddy. About a three. Like it had its shortcomings, but. And, like, there are some scenes I thought they're absolutely brilliant, and there's a whole bunch of stuff I thought, eh, it wasn't probably necessary. And it's a comic book movie, and expected to be kind of out of left field sometimes. Because it's comics. Things happen. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's fair. So, uh, I give it a three. I didn't hate it by any means, but it ran long, parts of it drug out, but there are some brilliant moments in there as well. Yeah. Okay. I want to hear from, uh, well, let's go with uh, Avery. Come on. Okay. Um, I'm going to follow that taxi. Uh, three. I think this movie is a serviceable film. Um, it did do some good things, and it did some bad things. Um, I think that it went um, really long. Um, but all in all, it is, is a film that you, you can watch, but I do think you probably enjoyed it a little bit more if you're a little inebriated. Um, so yeah, three beers. Uh, Bradley, what about you? Okay, so for me, this beer, this this beer, um, <laughs> this film was about a three point five. Um, so because of that, because of the way we do our reviews, you guys each gave it a three. We're gonna give it a three overall. I just want to justify why I gave it a three point five. Um, 
I know they could have done so much better with this film. I, and I believe they could have done so much better with this film. Now, the acting was great. Um, I liked the villains they incorporated into the film. However, it seemed so drawn out. And there were too many moments in the film that could have been... To better incorporate the rest of the DC cinematic universe, if you want to say that. And they also could have done quite a bit when it comes to the uh, overall flow of the film. There were too many points where it seemed a little too choppy for me. Um, So yeah, I I would have to go with 3.5, but because each of y'all gave it a 3, we go with the majority rule. So I'm gonna go with a three total. Well, on this officially film. it'd be like three point one two five. So yes, yes. I looked up. Math. I already looked up. I already looked up the math. But we're gonna go with three point. Uh, but before we before we go into what we're geeking on and everything, I wanted to point out that with uh, 1984's end scene with Linda Carter, now she officially exists in three different DC Earths. Oh, man. Huh. Must be that DC water has her tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> so she's part of Earth Prime, Earth, uh, Earth 52, and... Uh, yes. Well, she, well, yeah. she, well, she, well, she'd be on Earth Prime, probably Earth 2, and then probably one of the, the splinter Earths that's, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the Earth where everyone is, you know, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, terrifying. So, no, I just... I actually read an article about that. I found it kind of interesting. But, you know, guys, we're running to our limits, so... You know, there have been a lot of things going on. Face is a limit. You're a limit. Um, There have been a lot of things going on, but, you know, I'm really curious what y'all have been geeking on. So, Avery. Avery, let's go with you. What you been geeking on? Okay, man. Well, um, for me, it's fairly simple, you know. Video games. Uh, Video games and uh, writing. Um... Usually, I am a very private person about a lot of things, and still am, but uh, I am putting myself out there to do a lot more writing and submit things this year. I'm actually very much so inspired by uh, one of my best friends in the world, Mr. Buddy Lee here. Um, You know, want to, yeah, (laughs) it's like, you know, want to make sure, you know, I'm trying to... I, I'm Shut not Brad, trying to. Finish. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. I want to. I want to read. I want to read what you're writing. I'm just saying. Uh, I really. No, you're, 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 so. you're, you're welcome. You're welcome to it. But yeah, I'm inspired by him, and so uh, I want to make sure that I can, you know, try to try to keep up this this man here, folks, is nonstop. Uh, there's a reason we call him <laughs> Buddy Hollywood because he's about to be all over Hollywood. Uh, so yeah, Get I want to. You know, I'm trying to keep up. Trying to try to do some writing. So um. Working on that, and then I am currently playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Final Fantasy VII Remake. I am enjoying the living crap out of both of them. And, uh, yeah, I'm also uh, learning and geeking on the Salamanders and Warhammer 40k. Oh, I'm learning yeah, more about you them. best to be. Um, they're really, really cool. Uh, they're metal, and they use hammers. Friggin' hammer! <laughs> you need to you so, need to read the series I'm reading. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but yes, uh, so that's what I'm geeking on. Um, buddy, what are you geeking on, sir? Um, yeah. So I guess like um, most people, I've been inside for a few days um, over the holiday, and so 
Um, I recently started watching The Crown. Uh, my mom has one of those new fancy TVs that has Netflix already installed with it, and she's never been to a TV show before. So she's a big fan of like Downtown Abbey and um, TV shows where they deal with kings and queens and you know the royals. Not so much like Game of Thrones, but you know, fancy stuff with like white people drama. I, I don't. I don't know why I, I don't see that out of your mom, but for some reason it seems on brand for your mom. And so um, I, I'd never watched the crown. Oh, and so uh, we sat down and watched a few episodes and like, it takes maybe like two or three episodes to get going, but my God, once it gets going, it is great. And we're on our second week and we're already on season three. So, um, she's doing all things you do when you like start binging stuff, you know, as the episode ends, you look at the clock, like, do I have enough time for one more? (laughs) (laughs) And like, you know, looking at someone else, like, should we do one more? Yeah, we should. We should. So, uh, it's been nice and it's cool just to, I've been home for a bit. Um, I don't think I've ever been home this long, really. So, um, in between relaxing, um, as much as I do write, I told myself I'm not trying to write much right now over the break i'm gonna give my mind a break so um watching the crown really enjoying it um yeah so it's been good it's been good uh, uh brad what's what's good sir yeah um, so um i mean obviously warhammer is always a thing uh, so I'm gonna like just add in a little blip of my Warhammer painting channel where I mostly paint orcs, but I'm working on other things. So that'll be spliced in right here. <laughs> uh, other than that, um, I've really been working on uh, I'm writing a bit uh, for some of the books I've been working on, and I'm like I'm really interested to see what other people think of the books because I'm trying to write from perspectives that I'm not really familiar with. Um, so, so honestly, you guys might be getting emails about what I'm writing to kind of like get your opinions and, you know, uh, Avery, your wife's opinion on seeing how mm-hmm. this voice works for a particular book I'm working on right now. Um, yeah, so it's it's been a lot of research, essentially, for me. So research on not just my writing aspect, but also my painting aspect, trying to be able to make some Warhammer painting videos for anyone who's interested in orcs. I'm also, I actually just ordered a few models for that where I got a Sisters of Battle Skaven for Warhammer Fantasy and um, some Space Marines and some Necrons. And actually the Mm. Necrons... Part of the reason I got Necrons is Avery. When I'm done painting the Necrons I paint, I'm just sending them to you. So you yes, got you got, a, you got a few more in there. Uh, but you know, that's the, you know, Warhammer is always going to be something I talk about. So you know, Chris, why don't we roll to you? Chris, well, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Brad's Warhammer talk put me to sleep. Oh, you're too oh, late. Well, I just renounced case. my wish. I, you're but, you're disappearing. Uh, yeah. I renounced my oh wish. Oh my god. No, it's going away. I, I gotta tell you about what I'm thinking about. You're fading. Oh, oh my Chris, god, you're, you're fading out. Away. You're fading. You're nothing but oh, beautiful hair. Wait, no, that, that's, wait, that's, that's my computer's There's that's not the enough beer. Oh man, you're not just like you. You're fading. You're turning back into that one person. Well, well, guys, we got to try to figure out how to get Chris back. But uh, I'm not renouncing you know, my wish. The, the, I ordered taquitos. Well, 
<laughs> well, thank you for joining us this week on the Bruise Reviews podcast. As always, I'm Avery. I'm Buddy. I'm apparently not here anymore. My taquitos are though. <laughs> and I'm and I'm Brad. <laughs> and we'll see you guys at the movies. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Later. Thank you for listening to this week's episodes of Brews and Reviews. As always, Brews and Reviews would like to thank you for tuning in. And if you liked what you just listened to, please subscribe to the podcast, give them a like, leave a review, comment on the episodes, and tell your friends about the cast as it really helps the algorithm get the show out there. If you want to follow the Brew Dudes on social media, check them out at the Brewcast Crew on Twitter and the Brews and Reviews Pod on Instagram, where they post information about current and upcoming episodes, and so that you never miss a second of their drunken adventures. The Brews and Reviews Podcast drops regular episodes the first and second Wednesdays of each month, as well as special deep cuts episodes once a month and is available on every major streaming service, so be sure to check back for more inebriated mishaps. So, until next episode, we'll see you guys at the movies. Bye!